As we come to the close of, of the Ascend series in the Psalms of Ascent, we're brought to kind of the culmination of our journey. As I described earlier, the, the Israelites would sing these 15 psalms as they journeyed uh, to various festivals throughout the year to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the place of the temple, and Jerusalem was kind of a mountain. So this was a journey up a mountain. Uh, the, Jerusalem is the place, we believe, where, where God's presence dwells. It's where the holy temple was. And they sing his praise, as we see uh, in this psalm, Psalm 134. We're reminded today, as we gather together on this Lord's Day to celebrate the resur- resurrection of Jesus, uh, that Jesus also climbed a hill, a hill in which he would give up his life. But Jesus didn't remain on that hill. He cried out to his father. If we read in the Bible, it says the earth trembled, the rock split uh, in the temple where for hundreds of years, this is beautiful, this culmination of this passage where for hundreds of years the Israelites had gone to worship the Lord and sing these songs. In this very temple, there was a curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place. When Jesus gave up his life, that curtain that separated Sinful humanity from the presence of God was torn from top to bottom. Jesus cried out on the cross. He said these words, it is finished. He breathed his last and he gave up his spirit. The son of God died and darkness was over the land. But family, early in the morning, three days later, he arose Jesus came out of the grave victorious over sin and death, overcoming the enemies of God and putting them to open shame by not only giving up his life to save, but also overcoming, his word says, the last enemy, which is death, by rolling away the stone and walking out of the grave. Jesus, family, is alive. He's a living Savior The resurrection changes everything. And as we circle back to uh, the text, we're reminded now of this question as we journey through this last passage in the Psalms of Ascent. What is my purpose? That's our guiding question for today. What is my purpose? At some point or another, I believe we all kind of ponder this question. What's the point of my life? What's my purpose? What on earth am I here for Scripture teaches us, and and we see it in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We're going to look to him as our example. Jesus, as I was kind of finalizing my thoughts this morning, I woke up early. I was reminded of of a passage in John 17. Jesus prays this. It's not in your notes, John 17, 1. He, He prays this. He says, Father, the hour has come. He says, glorify your Son. Hear this, that the Son may glorify you that the Son may glorify you. We see the purpose of Christ, and in that we find our purpose. Our purpose is this. If you've ever asked the question, what on earth am I here for? What's the point of my life? Our purpose is this. Is, uh, our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Simply put, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Paul puts it this way. He says this in Romans eleven thirty six. He says, for from Him, he's talking about God here, for from Him and through Him and to Him are all things, and he says these words, To Him be glory forever. Amen, right? So be it. That's right. The psalmist says in Psalm 73, 25, he he offers this question, Whom have I in heaven but you? Right? It's a rhetorical question. 
We know the answer. And there is nothing on earth that I desire, hear this, besides you. To glorify God. Our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. The resurrection changes this for us. Because Jesus restores that uh, which has been broken and marred by our sin and shame and our brokenness. As we've traveled through each of the Psalms of Ascent, we find within them a summary of our own life journey. These Psalms, I've enjoyed this series because these Psalms have spoken to me different aspects of my life, different things that we, we see the up and down nature of life, troubles and blessings. We find in these Psalms, we find trauma and pain. We find people seeking forgiveness and reconciliation. We find songs about slander and deceit. But also we find songs of blessing. Last week we preached on unity. Songs of joy and songs about the calming and nurturing voice of God. We've, we've heard and learned the troubles and the blessings of the journey. We're all on a journey, aren't we? We're on the journey of life. Which closely, these songs closely model our own lives. Trouble and blessing, difficulty, and joy. And so we are, we're going to look at two points this morning, ways that we glorify God. We are to glorify God in light of trouble and blessing, in both of those things. We're to glorify God in trouble and blessing. At all points of, of life, ups and downs, we glorify God. This is the example that, that God has given us in Jesus we know, we know that Jesus is God in the flesh, and Jesus himself prayed, going back to John 17, 1, he prayed, Father, glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you also. Okay, the, the context of that prayer is that Jesus is, is facing his arrest. It happens right before he's arrested in the garden, right before he's betrayed, right before Jesus knows that he's going to the cross to die on our behalf. He wasn't just betrayed by an enemy. He was betrayed by a friend that he had spent time with, a person that he had poured into, a disciple that he loved. Jesus says, Father, glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you also. What an amazing statement. In times of trouble and blessing, glorify the Lord. Looking at verse 1 of Psalm 134. Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Come bless the Lord. That's our point to glorify God. The opening statement in Psalm 134 gives us insight into purpose, life purpose, because it's a statement that is made at the end of the journey, right? The Israelites have journeyed through and they come to this point, they come to the Jerusalem. Well, what are the first words that they say? Come and bless the Lord. We're here. After everything they've gone through, they sing these words. We must glorify God in, in light of both trouble and blessing. And this was before Christ came when they would sing these. On this side of the cross, we've done this each week, on this side of the cross, we come and bless the Lord. Why? Because of this. Because of the full, hear this, because of the full assurance of Jesus' accomplishments. Because of what he has accomplished, he gives us this invitation in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. He says this, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He tells us a little bit about himself. He says, for, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Some of you this morning are, are kind of caught in limbo. You're in between. It's, it's easy to glorify God when things are going well. But the question is, do you become hostile towards him when, when life gets difficult, when you're going through some stuff? Christ, our example, at the culmination of, of difficulty in his life, again, remembering John 17, 1, he prays this, Father, glorify the Son that the Son may glorify you. Jesus understands, family, difficulty and pain. Jesus understands the good days and the bad days. Come to the one who understands all that you face each and every day. Come all who labor and are heavy laden. He will give you rest. Number two, we glorify God in light of Jesus' perfect life, death, and resurrection. I'm going to clue you in on something. If you're new to our church today, we make much of Jesus here. It's not about us. It's about him, especially today. Glorify God in light of Jesus' perfect life, death, and resurrection. He's the very reason we gather to celebrate today. And each and every Sunday. You see, Easter Sunday is not the only Sunday that we gather. We come here each and every Sunday to worship the Lord, to be filled up by his word, and be sent back out on mission in our community. It's all about Jesus, and we make much of him. Look into verse 3 of Psalm 134. It says, May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. The Lord has done this. He has indeed blessed us from Zion. He has blessed us with this, with the ministry of his son, Jesus Christ. The word of God. The Bible calls Jesus the word. It says that through him, all things are created. He is the one who made heaven and earth. And Jesus humbled himself and he took on human flesh and came to earth and lived in our place. The author of Hebrews gives us some hints at this. He gives us some clues. He says this, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens and then identifies him. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Did you hear that? Jesus knows exactly what you have gone through. It says, but one who in every aspect or every respect has been tempted as we are, here's an important three words, yet without sin. He's perfect. So the result of that is this, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive this mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Again, our guiding question, what is my purpose? In this passage, we see it restored, transformed, changed. Uh, Apart from Christ, here's, here's the bad news. Apart from Christ, we do not glorify God. Apart from Christ, we seek after our own glory, our own desires, our own purpose. And here's the reality, the fruits of that, is that those pursuits... I found this in my life and in meeting with, with many people over my years in ministry. Those pursuits apart from Christ, they leave us empty and seeking after the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing only to find out that we come up empty again. They never fulfill you like faith in a relationship with Jesus does. But Jesus, in his perfection, restores us to the Father through his 
perfect life so that we may glorify God and enjoy Him forever, so that we can carry out our purpose in life, the reason why we were created. And the implication of that is that is it is a life that's truly life. A life that's truly life. Why is that? Because He lives. Because we believe in a living Savior. Because He lives, we can... Uh, with confidence drawn near to the throne of grace, as the author of Hebrews says, receiving mercy in our time of need. And we know this to be true. Here's the reality. This is, this is how we know this to be true. We know this to be true because Jesus arose from the dead. Only God can do that. I don't know anybody who's raised themselves from the dead. Just one, it's Jesus Christ. And his resurrection is the proof of who he is, that Jesus is who he said he is, that he is indeed God in the flesh. Paul tells us as much in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-6. He says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. And then he... Hear these words. He says this, For I delivered to you as of first importance, first importance, what I also received. Here's the truth of who Jesus is, right? That Christ died for our sins. It says, in accordance with the Scripture. So that was the plan of God all along. It's not an accident. In accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And there's proof. It says, and that he appeared to Cephas. Cephas is Peter, one of his apostles. Then to the twelve, it says this. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. It wasn't just some sort of mass hallucination. 500 people at one time saw Jesus resurrected. They saw him alive. Jesus has indeed accomplished this. It is true. He died bodily and was laid in the grave. Many witnesses saw this. Did you hear that? Many witnesses saw that he died on the cross and he was put in the grave. That's an important point. Many witnesses saw this, that the tomb was empty. And also that he appeared to his closest followers and then to hundreds of others. This isn't just made up. And here's the greatest reason why we know for certain that Jesus actually rose from the dead is because many of these people gave up their lives to share that true and saving message with the world. Jesus' followers were so radically transformed by their firsthand witness of the resurrected Jesus that many of them willingly gave up their lives to glorify God in spreading the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. Jesus rose from the dead, and his followers were radically transformed, and they spent all of their days glorifying God in this mission to share that good news with the world, to speak it into all of creation. Why would anybody do that for a lie? They had nothing to gain. Their families had nothing to gain. The only explanation is that they saw Jesus alive and they witnessed it for themselves. 
And so we have two takeaways this morning. We're going to look at this question. How do we glorify God? How then do we glorify God? We're looking back now to our psalm. Two takeaways. Number one, stand. Be present, alert, and ready. We stand for Him. Verse 1, Come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. It says, Who stand by night in the house of the Lord. That idea of night there gives us this picture of around the clock. Standing for God around the clock. Alert, present, and ready. Believing in Him. Believing in His will for your life. Believing that He is reconciling sinful human beings to Himself. It's a picture of God's people being open and present, alert and ready to stand for God and be counted as one of his own. We glorify God when we stand for him, we serve him, we carry out his purpose in our own life. And so this this question, is your life one lived present in the Lord, standing for him? Alert and ready. Alert to his will and ready to do whatever he asks of you. Number two, How do we glorify God? Lift your hands, and I say surrender to God. Surrender to Him. The psalmist says in verse 2, Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. We glorify God by lifting our hands to Him. What do do we mean by by lifting our hands? If we we think of this picture of, of a toddler that's running around the house, Toddlers are, are pretty clumsy, right? They fall down, and they fall down, and they start crying. Mother or father is probably pretty close by, and what does a child do? Lifts up its hand. I need help. Lift up your hands to the Lord. I think about it this way. Thinking about in, in battle, you have, you have two military forces fighting against each other. When, when a defeated army is ready to give up, they wave a white flag and they hold up their hands and surrender. They surrender. We get the same type of picture, except we're not surrendering to a hostile enemy, but rather we're surrendering to our loving Father who has given all to us. He gave His Son for you because He loves you. Surrender to Him. Surrender to Jesus. And so Christians, I'm going to address two groups in the room. Christians, we show this this surrender, this lifting of our hands and coming to worship the Lord each and every Sunday and each and every moment of our lives. Our lives are to be lived in glory to God and worship, constant worship of Him. We show our surrender by by living according to His Word and saying His ways are better than my ways and by following His will. Glorifying Him and also, hear this, enjoying Him. Enjoy the Lord. Enjoy the blessings that God... God has blessed us so much. Uh, Many of us this afternoon are going to get to enjoy the blessings of going and probably eating ham and scalloped potatoes and all sorts of goodness and spending time with family. That's a blessing from the Lord to enjoy. Now another group, I want to address those in the room who may be walking through life and and you're just not, you're not sure about Jesus, you're not sure about the Bible, you're not sure about God's Word, Uh, maybe you're an outright just unbelief, I just don't believe, or you're skeptical, I'm just not sure. I'm just going to put it this way, simply put, surrender to God. 
Hand yourself over to him. Apart from Christ, here's the truth. Apart from Christ, you are in fact hostile to God. There's no middle ground. We don't, we don't get to ride the fence with Jesus. We're either for him or against him. And if we reject Christ, we are in fact living in open rebellion towards the creator of all things. God spoke everything into existence. Just words. He spoke words and things were created. You're not able to glorify God because you reject His Son, Jesus. And so I offer to you this morning, lift your hands to Him in surrender today. Surrender to the Lord. You've heard the work that He's done. We've sang it in songs. We've read it in His Word. We've heard about His perfect life, His death, and His resurrection. Jesus loves you and wants to reconcile you to his Father, to have a relationship with him, and grant you purpose in all of your days. Paul tells us this in Romans 10.9. He says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, he says, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, he says, you will be saved. Believe upon Jesus 